1: Lift Up Jesus is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church in Los Angeles, California. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us
2: today. Take your Bibles, take your Bibles, open them up uh, to the Gospel of John. There's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. And turn to John chapter 3 verse 16. John chapter 3, verse 16. Right before Easter, we did a series called The Goat, the greatest of all time. And we looked, took us six weeks to look at what we believe is the greatest chapter of all time, Psalm chapter 23. We were blessed by that series. Today, as we kick off this new series, 316, I want to talk about what many people believe to be the greatest verse of all time. John chapter 3, verse 16. Now, there was a guy, I don't know how he did it, but he was usually at NFL football games when the football was kicked through the field goal. He was standing in the end zone holding a John three sixteen sign. You ever see that guy? And uh, he would be at golf tournaments. I have a photo. This was in, a, uh, I think, the year 2004. Uh, no, 2012, when those dirty, rotten, stinking, filthy San Francisco Giants won the World Series. Uh, there was this guy right there, primetime television, holding up this reference. John 3, verse 16. There is a clothing store called Forever 21. They cater to young shoppers. That's why I've never been in the store. Um, But when you buy something at Forever 21, they give you this bright yellow bag. And many people don't know this. Even though it's a secular company, when you pick up that Forever 21 bag, underneath, they have placed that Bible reference, John chapter 3, verse 16. I don't know if you know that or not. Right across the street is an In-N-Out burger. How many of you have ever had an In-N-Out burger? You've been through that line. Oh, look, look, look at all the Christians. So... Underneath every soda cup, they put that Bible reference, John chapter three, verse sixteen. Now the shakes, you get a different verse, and I think the the wrappers for the fries, you get another. But you get a soda cup, Dr Pepper, and right underneath there is the Bible reference, John three sixteen. Many of you know this next fella. His name is T- uh, Tim Tebow, and Tim Tebow played for the Florida Gators. And uh, in the year uh, 2009, on January 8th, the Florida Gators, led by Tim Tebow, beat my beloved Oklahoma Sooners for the national championship. And in football, they put this little uh, black, uh, I don't know what it's called, but some type of black paint or eyeliner, some type, uh, to help deflect the, the bright lights. I, I should have some on myself right now. But uh, uh, he put on his eyes, now this national television, he put John 3.16. That week on Google, it was the number one most searched thing in the world. Now, why was it searched? It's because people didn't know what it was. Now, most Christians know what it was, but when he wore John 3.16, it was the most searched item on Google because they didn't know what it was. Now, here's what it says. I'm going to show you our text today. Uh, John chapter 3, verse 16. You should know this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have what? Everlasting life. This verse... Is the entire gospel in a nutshell? All right? So as we look at this today, and I'm gonna guess some of you have never really actually studied it. You've heard it, you know about it, but you've never studied it. Uh it is a beautiful verse, and I want to I wanna look at four different angles to this verse. Number one in your notes, take take notes, I hope you will. Number one, write this down: is the word context. Everybody say context. And we talk about context, you know, whenever you read a verse uh, like we're doing, you want to know the context of this verse to fully understand it. And the context is that this verse was in the middle of a conversation between Jesus and a man named Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus was a member of the Supreme Court of Israel a member of the Supreme Court of Israel, and he comes to Jesus and has a conversation. This would be like Clarence Thomas or John Roberts or Ruth Gator uh, Ginsburg, whatever her name is, before she died. Imagine if she would called me and said, hey, pastor, I have, I have some Bible questions for you. Now, that's never going to happen. But that's what happened in this text. You have a member of the Supreme Court of Israel, what we know as the Sanhedrin, Uh, Meeting Jesus and having a conversation. Now, Nicodemus, uh, as as a Supreme Court, what we would call Supreme Court justice, he knew the law, protected the law, understood the law, believed in the law. He was the law. And what you have to remember is that Israel, for 1,500 years... That is what they believe and what they follow and what they teach is the Old Testament prophets and the Old Testament laws. And Nicodemus is in charge of making sure everyone's following those laws. There were 613 commandments, and he was very much aware of the Old Testament system of animal sacrifices for the atonement of one's sins that's what he believes that's what he teaches for 1500 years that's what jewish people have been following and one day out of the blue this young rabbi named jesus shows up where did this guy come from and he starts teaching something new different than the law and uh, he's performing miracles and he's healing people and there's large crowds that are following this young rabbi and the word on the street is that he could be the messiah right and so Nicodemus he it's not that he feels threatened he is inquisitive he's intrigued by this young rabbi i believe god is stirring in his heart and he was afraid that he would be ostracized if he met with jesus during the daytime so he kind of meets jesus at night so no one can see that's how the text begins in john 3 verse 2 that says he nicodemus came to jesus at night and he said rabbi we know you are a teacher who has come from god For no one could perform such miraculous signs if God were not with him. Jesus kind of cuts them off at the pass and gets right to the point. He says in verse 3, I tell you the truth, Nicodemus, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is what? Born Born again. Now Nicodemus is a brilliant mind as a lawman. He doesn't understand this, and so he asks, well, How can a man be born when he's old? Nicodemus asks. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. What in the world are you talking about, Jesus? And they have this very lengthy conversation. But what's important for you to note that the context of John 3:16 is that God, that Jesus is telling Nicodemus, write this down that the law cannot save a man. The law is is not what saves someone. Nicodemus, you have to be born again. Nicodemus doesn't understand that. But Jesus is explaining that being saved is not a physical thing where you follow a physical law, that being born again, being saved, is a spiritual thing that takes place. And the only way you can be saved, Nicodemus, is through Jesus Christ. Write that down. So that's kind of the, you know, the background and the context of this beautiful verse that we all know, but we take it out of its context. In context, uh, they're having this conversation about what really saves a man, and all Nicodemus knows is that the law saves. And so in that conversation Jesus says these words in John 3 verse 15 he says Nicodemus everyone who believes not follow not not following the law it's everyone who believes in him may have what eternal life for God Nicodemus so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. You know, for a a lawman, you think about the law, that's all the law does is condemn us because no one can keep the law. And so uh, Jesus is trying to simplify salvation to a brilliant man who believes We're saved by following the law. And he says, God did not send us uh, his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. And so Jesus is telling Nicodemus, Jesus is telling the nation of Israel, Jesus is telling you, Jesus is telling me, Jesus is telling the United States of America, Jesus is telling the entire world that the law can never save a person, but only Jesus Christ can save an individual. But then we have number 2, write this down quickly, the word compassion. Compassion. The first six words of this famous verse, for God So loved the what? The world. And that is the heart of the gospel. That's the heart of the church. That's the heart of Jesus. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of everything. That God in heaven loves all mankind. God loves you and God loves me. He loves the person you're sitting next to. He loves every single person on this planet. Now, he doesn't condone the things that we do all the time, but he loves us in spite of what we do. Now, when I look at the world around us, all I see is hatred. I see one person hating another person. And I don't know what it is about our politics, about our media, I don't know what it is about social media. Where you can hide behind a computer and type something that no one can get to you, but we are just spewing forth hate in this country. And I, I, I hate you because your skin's not the color of my skin. I, I hate you because uh, you have mistreated me. I, I hate you because you're a police officer and you're trying to, uh, uh, rule us in some way that is not correct. I hate you because you, you like police officers. I, 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 don't, I don't like you because, I, and it goes on and on and on. I don't like you because uh, you root for USC, and that's true. <laughs> I'm not making that up. I mean, there's some serious divisions, and there's some that are just kind of petty, but nonetheless, that's all I see. But when I come to John 3.16, the Scriptures are telling us, is that God loves all of us. I want you to write these three words down as quickly as you can. His love is undeserved. His love is unconditional. And His love is unsurpassed. There's, there's nothing that measures up to the love of God. And there's nothing you've ever done to deserve the love of God. And he's going to love you whether you're following him, and he's going to love you if you're not following him. I heard about a woman, and this is probably politically incorrect, and forgive me, but she was like a hillbilly woman. I hope you're not a hillbilly. I hope that doesn't offend you. But uh, she lived up in the mountains, and she had 12 children. What is she doing up there? Was living up there in the in the in the in the mountain, having kids left and right. And one day, one of her twelve, a boy, fell into a muddy marsh. And this young boy was covered from head to toe in mud. And on the way home, he came across a skunk. And he got sprayed by a skunk. So he comes in, and he comes into the house, and he's he's filthy, he's dirty, and he stinks to high heaven. And his mom looks at him and says, I do declare, I think it would be easier just to have another child than to clean you up. And I'm so glad that God doesn't do that to us, that God loves us when we're good and he loves us when we're bad. Everywhere I look around, I see angry people, I see dishonest people, I see unforgiving people, I see immoral people, I see selfish people, I see rebellious people, I see divisive people, I see broken people, I see lost people. I see people who have absolutely no regard for God and no regard for the things of God. We as a nation, we are as lost as lost can be, but in spite of our lostness, in spite of, of our disobedience, in spite of our irreverence for God, there is a God up above whose compassion never fails, His love never fades, and His mercy endures forever. Oh, I think we as believers need to be more vocal about the love of God. That's what we need to do. Paul prayed this prayer in Ephesians 3 that you and I and all the saints, all of us, this prayer was for all of us, that somehow we could grasp, we could get a hold of, understand how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. His love is wide enough to cover the whole of humanity. His love is long enough To reach the person no matter how far they've run away from God. His love is high enough to cover anyone who thinks they're smarter than God. And his love is deep enough to reach the person who is deepest in sin. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, God loves you. Which leads us to the cross. Point number three. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. I find a couple truths in this cross. One is that when God gives His Son, it is you, you cannot forget that it is a sacrifice. Because It was his only child. On the cross, God in heaven gave up. He gave up his one and only son. Who does that? Nobody does that. I have three children. I wouldn't give up any of the three children for any of you. And I love you. I just love my, I love my children. You've got to have them to get the grandchildren. got to keep everything in perspective, ladies and gentlemen. I only have one son, one son. I wouldn't give him up for anyone. I, I love him too much. God only had one son, and his son was perfect. His son never disobeyed. His son never disobeyed or dishonored his father. He was perfect in every way. He was, he was always pleasing his heavenly father. Yet God, because of his love for us, willingly at great, great sacrifice, he allows Jesus to go to that cross and to die a cruel, excruciating death with nails going through his hands and his feet. His back was beaten uh, bloody raw. His face was beaten beyond human recognition. Uh, they put a crown of long, razor-sharp thorns upon his brow uh, just for you and for me. You see, it was, it was a sacrifice. But secondly, write this down, and you, you cannot neglect this because this is the heart of the cross. It was a substitute Jesus was a substitute. He goes to that cross and dies in your place. That's the whole thing of the cross is that you and I should have been the ones that were killed because of our sins. But he took our place. I've got a little box there. There's a little box in your notes, and this is, like, this is like 101 stuff, but Romans 3.23 says all have sinned. You should circle the word all. All ha- Say the word all. That's all of us. We all have done what? It's every one of us. I mean, look around. Do you, you, see, you see any angel wings back here? No, I don't have them yet, and neither do you. We've all sinned. Your preacher is sin. You've sin, person next to you sinned. Everybody, raise your hand. Be honest. Raise your hand if you've ever sinned, committed a sin. Raise your hand. Now look around. Leave them up. If you see someone not with their hand up, they're a liar. <laughs> they're the biggest, biggest sinner in here. Uh, we've all sinned, and so uh, Romans six twenty three says that the wages. The penalty, the result, the the consequences of sin is death. There's a penalty to be paid. That sin is what separates us from God in this life and in the life to come.
1: Be sure to join us next week as Pastor Dudley continues with today's message here on Lift Up Jesus. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you are in need of prayer, we invite you to call us at our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer requests you may have at this time. You can also contact us right now if you'd like to receive a copy of today's message on either CD or DVD. Our number again is 888-818-4777. For more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every week. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash, and then the word reach.
3: We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything.
1: I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again next week at this same time as we Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.